morning, good evening, and good night, world. Welcome back to the Sabali Podcast with Deontay Nelson. I am him. The fuck is that noise? <laughs> and this is volume 54. Um, oh, man. So, I have slipped tremendously in the staying off my phone department but there's a reason behind it um I just got a lot going on and it caused me to be on my phone but then my phone becomes a distraction and it has been hard man I have slipped tremendously like I mean for one, get back on that devilish of a thing called Facebook. But like, I'm in so many communities now that, like, you know, you know, the most of them require you to have Facebook so you can be in the Facebook group. So, I mean, that alone sets me back. But then, of course, you know, I get sidetracked on my phone because I'm on my phone. You know, I haven't. Haven't been writing as much. Mm. Gotten behind on some tasks that need to be taken care of. And then today was just like the, not even a breaking point, it was just like the, all right, dude, we got to get back. We got to get back in shape with this phone situation. Because like even with like Instagram, like, I give myself an hour a day. Like, I set the alarm, you know, to let me know, like, when my hour is up. But even when the hour is up, I still go over that hour. And it it really bothers me. It really bothers me because we are just programmed to these things, man. And it it is annoying. Like even when I just don't even be thinking about it, I'll just get my phone and get on social media. And be scrolling. That is the worst thing to me. It's just like scrolling without a purpose. Like there's sometimes where like I do go on social media because like it's like I'm looking for a certain person or I need to speak to somebody, you know, and try to reach out and network. But like most of the time, it's just like pointless scrolling, and like that is a waste of time. And I was doing really well with minimizing that, but these past couple weeks, it just went rampant back up. And it's just annoying. Like, I haven't been writing as much. I haven't been, you know, getting my thoughts out the way that I normally need to get them out in my writing form. And, uh, yeah, man. Oh, it's just, it's just bothering me. Like, even now, like, obviously, even now, like, I'm recording right now, but I'm on my phone because I'm recording. But, I really be needing like just one day of being away from my phone, both of my phones, honestly, because I have two phones. And um, yeah, man, like I was trying to read a book, but I couldn't even focus because my phone's next to me going off. I was like, I gotta start getting back to just putting my phone in the other room so I can focus because it is just a big distraction. 
it is a very big distraction, especially like when I'm trying to use my, you know, downtime or time that I have to like get stuff done. When I have just the extra time to get stuff done, that's a sidetrack. And I just be like, oh man. And then it bothers me that I, I allow myself to get sidetracked, but we're so programmed to these phones, these devices. You know, I don't like it at all. Not in the slightest, man. It is annoying. It's really annoying. But it was something I was doing real well with, you know, separating myself from. But, you know, I joined this, these groups. And then that's where it started. And it just like trickled down from there. But I'm learning stuff. And it says what I'm saying is like a, it's like, all right, yeah, is it really that bad when like I'm using it? It's not that bad, I don't think, when I'm using it for the reason why I use it for, which is to network and to do research for stuff. But, like, when it's outside of that, that's when it becomes a problem for me. You know, at some point in my life, I want to be completely off social media. I obviously can't do that right now because I'm in the beginning stages of it, but beginning stages of things I'm on my way to doing, but... Yeah, at some point, I do not want to have to be on social media. Just because, you know, no. <laughs> I don't want I don't want to do it no more. Like, I don't, I don't necessarily need it like that. It is mostly a distraction when I don't use it the proper way. Now, I feel I should be using it. And, but I mean, I'm thankful for the... For the the positive that I have come with, like I met you know some amazing, great people and connected and network with great people because of social media. Um, you know, like I've joined some really good communities because of uh, you know being a part of, part of certain groups. Like you know, I've uh, met some cool people, met some great people. You know, especially you know my uh, my bully family. You know, they. They definitely help, you know. Um, just, just, just a lot of stuff that there's positives with it. But if you don't know how to funnel and keep the tunnel vision on those positive things, you can easily get distracted with social media, like easily. My thing. My biggest distraction on social media is cars and food. And, like, obviously, there's just a plethora of content on exotic vehicles and food all over the world. And I can just go down a rabbit hole for, like, 15 minutes and not even know it. And be like, oh, my goodness, man, where did this come from? (laughs) Like, I literally just came on here just to ask my friend Denzel something, but like, here I am looking at Bentley's (laughs) like, it don't make no sense. You know what I mean? Well, it does like, there's a method to the madness to get you stuck in those wormholes like that. But but when I'm in it and then I recognize I'm in it, that's when I get disappointed in myself. Like, oh man, here I am, you know, but that's something, something I'm definitely working on. And Wanting to get better at. But being in it though, I realize how important community is for me. You no. Know, simply because 
that is the type of um, setting I've grown up in as a community setting from my family aspect. Like, you know, I had a big family growing up um, and from playing sports. So, like, even when I wasn't around my family, I was around my other family, meaning my basketball family. So I've always been comfortable around being being around people that were like like minded. So in that sense of it, um, the groups I'm a part of are all groups that, you know, I have interest in, you know, I have interest in learning about certain things. And then there's obviously groups form. So then like you get in these groups and then you you have like minded people, you want to speak to them, you know, people that, you know, don't make you feel like you're weird or strange or out of the loop about something, but y'all, y'all have something in common, which is whatever y'all in that group for. And yeah, that, that goes a long way, man. Some people be needing it. I'm definitely one of the people. I need a group community effort, you know, like granted, I'm, I cherish and appreciate my alone time, but like, as far as like when it's stuff that I want to branch out and build on and stuff like that like I know that you know you need you need others you you can only go so far by yourself and even then like in reality are you really going by yourself I know some people are in certain things but you need you need help you need support you need you need a community you know what I mean like you you need that because there's no there's no real progression you know, but that's just again come from my my sports background of playing team sports. You know, because I was told that you know teamwork makes the dream work. So that's something I, I thoroughly believe in. Like I believe in that. I believe that you got to have team effort to make things work. And um, yeah, so if you ain't got if you ain't got the team aspect. In my eyes, is is very it's even more challenging what it already is to be successful in whatever you're trying to do. Sorry, I'm uh, texting. I can't text and talk at the same time. One of my flaws: I can't talk and text at the same time. I'm not perfect. My friend Carly makes fun of me all the time about that, but I literally can't, I can't be talking and texting at the same time because I'll end up, I'll either end up saying what I'm trying to text or I'll end up uh, texting what I'm trying to say. So it doesn't, it doesn't work in my favor when I try to like do both because something's going to get jammed up and then, yeah, it's just going to be a sloppy conversation and a sloppy text message. Uh, but uh, yeah, I need a community setting, especially for the things that I want to do. Like I know I can't, I can't do it by myself. But it's just gonna take even longer, even longer than it needs to, if I try to go at it by myself. But then it's just like you know, and also I don't, I don't feel the need to be the head of everything or be the one that's leading the charge and everything like no like that's not that's not how teamwork you know like you gotta play your part I'm, I'm all about doing 
was going to help the team win. You know, I can, I've never been a player to really care about individual accolades and stats and stuff like that because I've always been a role player, you know, on my teams I play on. Now, granted, I could play the lead role, but also being the leader don't necessarily mean you got to be the one scoring all the points, getting all the shine and all that stuff. No, you can still be the leader of a team, but, you know, play the, play the, uh, play the back, you know what I mean? Like, people like Otis Redding, like, he was the, the, the leader of the Temptations, but he wasn't the lead singer, you know? He wasn't, he wasn't always the one leading the songs, you know? But everybody knows who Otis Redding is. Um, yeah, I've been, the, I've always studied, like, people that, that was in the background, just because I, I, I could relate to him, you know? I, I could never really relate to the, to the star or the main person, but... If it was somebody in the background, I would pay attention to them just because those are the people I paid attention to. Like, my favorite player, and well, my second favorite player of all time is Steve Nash. Just because he's such, if you don't know Steve Nash, you just look up his highlights. But he's such a team player. But also, when I would watch Steve Nash play for the Phoenix Suns, I would watch Sean Marion because I could relate a lot more to Sean Marion because Sean Marion was... You know, the background guy, he did, he did all the other stuff. He did all the stuff that didn't really get all the uh, praises and, and, and stuff like that. But, like, real hoopers know who Sean Marion is. You know what I mean? So, I pay attention to guys, guys like that. I paid attention to guys, you know, that, that did um, the dirty work. You know, so those are the those are the people I kind of uh, mold myself after the, the the background players. You know, because they're just as important as the main guy. And even Michael Jordan tell you, like, yeah, he was great, but if he didn't have Scottie Pippen in his career, who he probably wouldn't get the Michael Jordan that we saw. You know, probably still would have got the you know. We we saw how Mike was before he got Scotty. You know, he was a great individual player. You know, he had great stats and stuff like that. But you know, once he got Scotty, that's when he started winning. You know, because he had somebody that he can trust. He has that. He had that great second person. You know, so everybody needs that Scotty. Everybody needs that. You know, that Horace Grant, that Steve Kerr, that John Paxson. That B.J. Armstrong, that Dennis Rodman, you know, somebody who's going you know, do, do do the stuff that you don't want the main person doing. And, um, yeah, so, like, and, and that was a lesson that I learned fairly, fairly young at a young age. I want to say I learned, yeah, I'll say the eighth grade. Eighth grade in middle school, that's when I learned. I truly learned that lesson because, uh, um, take you down memory lane real quick I made the team in 6th grade made the basketball team in 6th grade but I wasn't going to try out because I didn't make the team and I remember I still remember this day I did. I tried out for my school in the 3rd grade I didn't make the team because I wasn't good enough so I cried about it of course so you know, that crushed my dreams in the third grade, me, you know, playing basketball. So I didn't try out fourth grade and fifth grade. 
But I was getting better, you know. I was, I'm just a kid. I'm get. I know I'm getting better at it, but I know I'm not like the greatest person. So sixth grade came. I, I literally was like about to walk out of tryouts, but like I stayed. I made the team sixth grade. You know, I had a little confidence. I played seventh grade. I got better. But uh, at the end of the season, the coach told me, you know, that my defense wasn't that great, which it wasn't. Like I used to get torched from like. Sixth and seventh grade, I was not good at defense, but I used to get slaughtered. You know what I mean? But like, I, I could get a bucket, but I defense, I get slaughtered on defense. So, the end of seventh grade, you know, my coach told me, "Yeah, you know, you're not, you're not, you know, you don't, you don't play that much because you know you didn't play defense that well. I was like, you, know, you play, if you play defense, you can be really, really good." I'm like, all right. So, that summer of from the summer. After seventh grade, going into eighth grade, I uh, I played with some older guys, of course. Played with my brother, and uh, I used to have this fear of playing in front of crowds, man. Yeah, like that was my that was the like part of the reason why I used to like uh, be scared to play defense because I used to be so afraid of like somebody like making me fall and like that's just being like the most embarrassing thing you can have, like getting crossed and falling. Like I used to be terrified that thought <laughs> but like um like when we have practice and stuff like that and you know when there's no crowd around now I could hoop to I could hoop with anybody but when the crowd come around I would get stage fright so I shook that the summer after seventh grade and then also at the same time I worked on getting better at defense you know, I was playing with older guys like my brother and older friends that, you know, lived in the projects and stuff. Now I start building up that confidence to like, oh, I can I can do this. Yeah, I can I can do this. Like, and I remember because I played in this tournament and I was playing in, a, in the upper level because the, the older guys, that was vouching like, yo, he can really play. We you know we just, just got to keep working with him, keep working with him. So they like didn't pressure me to come up and play with them at the older level. But they was like, yo, man, like, come on, man, like you play with us all the time. You can do this. And then I went and played with them, played with the older guys. But then, like, I don't know. It just clicked. Like, I I broke down that wall of being fearful of playing in front of a crowd. And then that's when it happened. Like, I was, like, off from that point on, I was like, oh, I'm here. I'm, I'm never letting this go. So got better with defense. And, um, yeah, I had a big growth spurt. In eighth grade, like when I went to eighth grade, I was like five nine. When I left, I was like pushing six one. So like I, you know, I mean, my my, I got there. But during the season, um, my eighth grade coach, uh, Coach Schaefer, he gave me the biggest, the biggest life lesson that I could have gotten at that age. So, um, I was the. I could play multiple positions because I was tall, but I was I love passing the ball and I love rebounding and I love playing defense. So like I I could score when I felt like, but I didn't care about scoring because I had, you know, my friend Brandon who was a Brandon was, you know, taller. He's always been taller than me, but Brandon was a bucket. And my friend AQ, AQ could he had a jump shot. So like we was like the perfect setup. And I love passing the ball. So it was like this was I didn't care. I'm like, man, my friends can score. I don't care about scoring. I'm I'm gonna lock you up get rebounds and get these assists. Cause I looked at assists as scoring, which it is. Cause if you get an assist, you know what I mean? That's t- each assist is essentially at minimum two points. So 
I counted my points through assists. I never cared about points themselves. Cause I'm like, if I got 10 assists, that's 20 points I'm giving out. I'm, I'm good. So, but I did want to start. That mattered to me. I, you know, I mean, I wanted to start. You know, some sometimes I would start, and sometimes I wouldn't start. But it was never consistent. Like the coach would like swap me and the point guard out. So one day, you know, it was at a home game. I'll never forget this. It was at a home game, and um, me and the coach were sitting on the bench next to each other before the, like the last couple minutes uh, rained down before the warmth before the game starts. And I wasn't starting this home game. And I was wanting to start this home game, too, because I think I had, like, my mom or somebody in the stands. So I was wanting to start, but I didn't start. So I sat down next to him. I'm like, yo, coach, can I ask you something? He's like, yo, what's up? I'm like, uh, why don't I start? I'm like, I don't have no ego. I'm like, but, you know, I'm, I'm pretty good. And I've been, you know, I've been doing great on defense. And, I mean, we when I do start, we, we normally just dominate and come out the gates. I'm like, why well, don't I start? And he's like, He's like, man, um, you want me to be honest? I'm like, yeah, I'm like, that's why I'm asking. And he's like, uh, he's like, well, he's like, you no, know, you bring, you bring, you know, spark off the bench. He's like, you know, when you come, when you check into the game, he's like, you know, everybody level goes up to playing higher. He's like, you know, so we'd be needing that spark off the bench. He's like, now if we just got that from the, from the get go, he's like, sometimes it's great. Sometimes it's not great, you know, cause guys can't keep up. He's like, but when you come in and you check in guys know, all right, it's time to turn it up. He's like, so. I be needing that, you know, that spark off the bench. He's like, you know, he's like, you're very important. He's like, yeah, he's like, he's like, you know, you do realize you don't start every game, but you finish every game, right? I'm like, I never thought about it like that. Like, yeah, I don't start, but I do finish. I finish every game. I, I might not have started it, but I'm, I'm guaranteed to finish. I'm like, yeah, you're right. I do finish every game. He's like, yeah. He's like, just because in the games we need you. You're important. I'm like, oh, all right, bet. <laughs> He's like, we good? I'm like, we're more than good, man. So ever since then, I never had a problem about coming off the bench, even in, in the game, in the life. Because once I'm in, I'm going to do my part. You know what I mean? I'm going to play my role. I'm going to do what's needed to get the team the W. And, uh, yeah, I I never cared about being, quote, unquote, a starter after that. You know, then I would just watch people who wasn't starters. Then I started to realize what a six man was. So, like. I became a real big fan of Manu Ginobili, uh, Jason Terry. Um, man, there's a list of like guys who played, who came off the bench and impacted the game when they got into the game. That was their whole point of doing so, you know? It's like, they, yeah, they could have started, but, you know, then you then you realize how important, you know, the, the backup guys are. So once my coach and Dave Gray had that conversation with me, I never cared about starting. Now, granted, after that... <laughs> I did start from high school on up wherever I was playing at, but like I didn't care if I did or didn't because it's like, yo, if I start, cool. If not, my goal is to make sure I finish the game. So, oh man, yeah. So with that being said, uh, we are bringing back the book of the week, and this week to kick it off is a uh, quick read. You know, I bought this book thankfully Amazon. They got it to me here in time, so I can't do it as the book of the week. But the book of the week is called um, Credit Repair Fraud. What law says you have to pay a bill. And I hope I'm pronouncing her name correctly is uh, Shaquan Envy. I think that's how you pronounce it. It's S-H-A-Q-U-A-N-E-N-V-I. 
I learned about her through uh, my mentor, Brother Umar, excuse me, from my bully family. And uh, this is his mentor. So, you know, this is me supporting my family and learning at the same time. So uh, you can check it out and see about it yourself. Like this is just one of the fields I'm into learning about the law of stuff. You know, I'm not I'm not doing credit repair. I'm not learning credit repair. I'm learning about the law. So it's a big difference from, you know, just trying to repair credit. Because first of all, what is credit? And if you really dig into that question and do some research, you know, you'll kind of that's a good rabbit hole to go down. You know, go look up, you know, just see what you can find about, you know, what is credit, what credit actually is. And go from there, man. You'll be uh, very surprised. So um, use that to end it. And uh, yeah, as always, man, thank you guys for listening and uh, for supporting. And um, live, love, share and repeat. Be safe, though. Thank you, tax. And if you are a patron, I will talk to you guys Sunday. If not, I will talk to you guys next week. Love.